Yo, what is going on, everyone? This is Andy Francis, and I am back with another episode of your favorite miserable podcast, the You're Still Here podcast, where we'll be spinning all the miserable records that bother you from coast to coast in between 5 to 9 and 9 to 5, because you know what they say about misery. It never sleeps. And thank you for joining me yet again. Or if you're a new listener who maybe stumbled over here, For one reason or another, you thought, you know what? Something happened to me today, and I need to know that something happened to somebody else. If that's you, oh, don't you worry. I'm going to tell you about a story, a real time. Once again, if you don't believe me, you can ask the people in the heavens and the hells and the purgatories if I was lying once we're all dead. But I'm going to tell you how I went out with a New York Knicks dancer who eventually was a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader, and then I had to watch her essentially be standing next to my childhood idol as she declared going out with me on a second date. Yes, that's correct. So if you were having a bad week, don't worry. I had a much worse one back then. But this week, this week's a great week. Why is that? Because it's one of my weeks. Yes, that's right. I've declared one of the calendar weeks of a 52-week year my week. No, it's not all those other people. It's mine. Why? Because we're in that eight-week stretch I like to designate as quote-unquote my time. Any week throughout September, And October, I pointed this out to you towards the end of the summer. This is my time. This is when all the sports start. We got the NFL in full gear. For all you people who watch college football, I don't know why. It's your time as well. But then we got hockey starting up. And then the snooze fest people can enjoy those baseball playoffs. Maybe it will go from a level one excitement to a level three excitement because it's the playoffs. But there's tons of stuff going on. You get that mischievous fall feeling. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. I don't care if you're a Gen Z kid and you're just learning about it now or you're married and you forgot about what that's like. You remember. Do you remember? (laughs) (laughs) You remember. Do you remember? (laughs) When you were either single or you were in college, the fall breeds mischief. Do you remember? (laughs) It breeds mischief because... The weather starts getting cooler, and it's a mixture of, oh, is this cuffing season, and you get around Halloween and Havoc, and the moods would be a-changing, and there's a considerable difference between summer vibes and fall vibes, despite the summer weather lasting, I guess, well into fall these days. You know fall has those mischief vibes, and it usually leads to more fun times. You remember the time. And I think that's always what's been had come September and October, and we're right in the midst of that stretch. I've been enjoying the NFL, going out a little bit, watching some of these Thursday night games and hanging out. It's been good stuff. Do you remember? Back in New York, feeling the exact 70s and 60s temperatures that, uh, uh, honestly, I don't know if I could ever give this up. Like, I don't care, and like, this is not going to happen, but let's say I, if I was Kevin Hart and I was had all these sorts of work obligations, it would be written into my contracts, nope, September, October, I need to be in the Northeast. Great place to be this time of year. So maybe that cheered you up a little bit. Maybe it cheered you up a little. So don't worry about it. If you went out this weekend, things didn't work out at that party that you went to and you, quote unquote, as just got put in a group text to me by my brother and his Gen Z friends. Oh, man, he fumbled the bag. I am very quick to make fun of Gen Z sayings and little things that they work into it. 
I got to admit, I like that one. I like that one. And I know it's been around for a good year or so, but you're seeing it used like on social media more and more now, fumbled the bag in reference to like picking up a woman or something, fumbled the bag. See, in, in the previous iterations, it simply referred to actual money. Like, oh, he he got injured during his last season. He fumbled the bag. But now it's just like, oh, that girl caught him talking to us. Oh, he fumbled the bag. And I got to admit, I like that saying. Uh, there was some sort of party that my brother and his friends went to. And I guess one of these guys blew it with someone, blew it with a hot girl. And he was just like in the group text, oh, I fumbled the bag, man. I fumbled the bag. And then the rest of these Gen Z kids adding dollar signs and money and empty pockets and all sorts of, that's what everyone does. Now, big emoji reactors, nothing to say. You get mass approval via emojis that kind of add on to whatever you're saying. Oh man, this place sucks. And then just bones with the cross through it. And you got pictures of zombies. That's all it is now. No real responses. The same way in Slack, how you respond with emojis to things, reactions. That's what the response is. But I do like that saying, he fumbled the bag. And thank God that wasn't around when I was in college because I didn't fumble the bag. I fumbled every leprechaun's pot of gold. I fumbled everything. I fumbled the bag. I fumbled the carry-on. I fumbled the personal item. I fumbled it all. Fumble! How are you guys doing? Hopefully no bags fumbled out there wherever you're listening to this. As always, I always appreciate you guys listening, coming back. I, I do have something to tell you. I'm not kidding. Like you, if you came here saying, oh, that was a bad week. I'm in a weird territory where if you look in the mirror and go, oh, I'm disgusting. Just know that I know that I'm not disgusting and I don't have the right to complain about certain things. The, there was an old Louis C.K. saying, he said something along the lines of, I'm just smart enough to know how stupid I actually am. Well, these stories, my failures, only are available to me because I'm not disgusting. However, it doesn't lessen the blow of the failure. So you ready for that? Okay, so when I moved back to New York from California... It was a it was a time where you know I was putting myself out there trying to meet people and this was right before the world started getting really weird. No, like it was weird. Don't get me wrong, it was weird. But it wasn't that weird just yet. And the reason I say that because ultimately I was by Herald Square in New York City. If you're not from the New York area and you're picturing what this is like, so imagine on a big New York City block, there's an area designated, like cars don't really drive through, a bunch of seats, benches. It's almost like a food court that you'd see in a mall, but spread out outside in a major New York City intersection. So can you picture it? Bunch of seats, bunch of tables. So like, let's say you got Shake Shack that was at the corner. You would take it there, eat, chill on a nice day. And I see this absolutely gorgeous girl sitting in one of the seats. And you know what? I mean, this technically wasn't going to count, but I'm going to use it because there might be two of them this week. The scam of the week. It's a scam. That's a scam. What a scam that was. So this was all a scam, huh? It's the fake seat scam. Anytime that you're in an establishment, a park, 
any sort of environment where there actually isn't a lot of seating available and you see an attractive person that you want to talk to, you use the other half of the table and you do that thing where you angle the seat where it looks like you're not being like intrusive or facing them. You take the chair and just kind of face it the other way and you ask them, like, I'm sorry, is anyone using this chair? They're going to say no. Then you take a seat on the other side of the table. Imagine like a mall food court. So now you, by virtue of just saying, is this seat taken or is anyone sitting here? You cross that threshold. Oh, they heard your voice. You're not some random foreigner. They know you're actually relatively courteous where you ask nicely and you say thank you. And then you parlay that into the eventual talking points, whatever it is, the decoy questions. I didn't even need to sit down. It's the fake seat proximity scam, which is also very similar to the one I told you about where it's the first day of class. You make sure if there's ever one day you're going to be early in college, it's the first day because usually that's where you end up sitting for the whole semester. You do a fake like you're on the phone by the door of a college classroom. Then when you see that hot girl go in, you fake end your fake conversation on the phone and then you just sit right next to that girl. And obviously you got to pull it off where it doesn't look like you're following her. But you, oh yeah, yeah, I'll sit right here, right next to her. Now you have all semester to kind of work on that. It's not too dissimilar from what I'm talking about. And this is what happened at Herald Square. Many seats are taken. It's New York City. There's a lot of people. So if there is someone using one seat of like a two or three seat table, you simply ask for the other one. Now, I didn't even need to sit down, nor did I want to. I saw a gorgeous blonde sitting at a table. And I'm like, I got to try something. And the best I could muster up was, you mind if I use this chair? And then imagine that. By the way, picture this. So now I'm there. I didn't even plan to be sitting down. So now I'm fake sitting down in this chair. Well, actually, so it's a real sit down, but with fake intentions. Like I was acting as if I wanted to sit down to, you know, rest for a minute or two or whatnot. So now imagine her on the other side. And really what's going on behind my eyes is what the hell can I? So you are a person watching me and the table. And it looks like nothing. It's like, oh, there's just two people sitting there. But behind my eyes, you're just here. Right, what can I say? What can I say that's not crazy? Shut up. What has she got in that bag? Should I say, oh, yeah, yeah, is Gap open till nine o'clock? No, no, I can't go with the closing time. And I'm just thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking. Now, so much time has gone by that I can't really remember what exactly it was that I said, but I usually just say a generic, I just want to introduce myself. My name is Andy. I don't use pickup lines, none of that nonsense. I will either make a casual observation. The best, obviously, is a decoy question, a question that you absolutely know the answer to, but you ask them anyway. Like, do you know if the 456 runs through here or do I have to go like all the way to the other side of the city? Fake questions are always great. Or then just the generic, I wanted to introduce myself. But now, like I said, I think the world has gotten so weird where any sort of approach by anyone, it's like, oh, no, my God, I'm getting robbed. You know, I, I watched the news. I saw articles. It's catcalling. It's this. I got my AirPods in. But there was a last stretch where things like this happened. And I talked to this girl. And when I tell you this is not a, it's not a six, it's not a seven, it's not an eight. It's the kind of girl where if I brought her to a barbecue that my friends were having, 
they'd be like, all right, well, how did he get this girl? Like, what is this? He didn't just get this girl regularly. If I brought this girl to a, like, if whoever you are out there, if you don't know me, if I brought this girl to your party, the people in the party would say like, oh, well, does this guy come from a lot of money or something? There would have to be an extra reason as to why this girl was with me. And I hate to break that to a lot of you out there. Like this girl could be exactly on my looks level, but remember guys' looks and girls' looks a girl can still be way out of your league, way out of your league. You guys can both be 8.7s. She's way out of your league because that's just how the balance goes. Yeah, 8.7 plus money equals 8.7 of girl or other factors. 8.7 plus future inheritance or 8.7 plus can help me get a bunch of followers on Instagram. 8.7 plus, oh, this guy's got a ton of drugs that he can just give me and I obviously want to do that. It has to be 8.7 plus, and then you match a standard 8.7 of a girl. So if I brought this girl that I was talking to at Herald Square into a party, she was that level of hot. So she, believe it or not, when I asked, gave me her number. Just in case you're one of those people who are wondering, well, how the hell does he pull that off? I normally say, if I want someone's number, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be too forward, but would you mind if I texted you sometime? And that kind of goes all right because you acknowledge, uh, yeah, I'm sorry for being fussed. So now all the cat calling thieves stuff is all out of there because if they have to tell the story and they're being honest. They have to say like, no, he was very tentative and said, oh, I apologize for this. Duh. But you know, it's, it's all prevent defense. I told you half of my whole life, it's things that I don't even mean just to avoid being on a Yahoo headline. Same kind of thing here. But anyway, regardless, she gave me her number. I texted her and she agreed to go out with me. Not not a nighttime, though. I got the daytime coffee out of her. That's fine. Oh, I'll take anything. I would have taken just a casual. I would have said, you can walk me back to Penn Station. You could walk me three blocks. I would have been ecstatic for that. So I go out with this girl and... One good thing about me, I guess, maybe it's because my personality, so there's no getting, I'm just me, fortunately slash unfortunately. You get me the first day you met me, the last day you met me here on this podcast, if we go out for chocolates, I don't know why we're going out for chocolates, but um, if we go out, it's just me. So I wasn't nervous or anything, I was just myself, Uh, but ultimately, when I tried to like hang out with her at night. Like, Hey, where are you going? You want to like meet up Al? I'm going out with a friend tonight. Are you going out with friend? Never materialized more than the first date. And this wasn't the only time. Actually, I'm going to, I'm going to go back to it not working out, but actually getting that first date. If you want to call it a date in a second, I just want to tell you how this all ends in misery. Oh, if you think the miserable part is I got her number and then we went out and then she didn't really hang out with me again. If you think that's the sad story that nothing ever happened. If you think this has a happy ending, you haven't been paying attention. That's not enough for me, ladies and gentlemen. They need to make sure to really stick it in there. So the company that I worked for was responsible for streaming world wrestling entertainment pay-per-views. You know, wrestling, former WWF, current WWE, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania. My company was responsible for streaming that. So it was WrestleMania. It was 
the number one wrestling event of the year, the most known wrestling thing. If you say to somebody, hey, you know what WrestleMania is? Most people are going to know what that is. So it was the night of WrestleMania. Oh, I got to go back one second. I got to go back one second. And this is just going <laughs> to verify um, to you the level of attractive girl. I, I kind of just breezed over. Uh, I usually don't talk about the people I go with, but one thing that she told me was that she was, uh, she goes, I'm a dancer for insert professional basketball team. So now you know she's hot because you know when you go to a NBA game, a pro game, an NFL game, you're looking at those cheerleaders. They're never disgusting. They were like, that's that, like I said, that's the level of hot she was. All right, so fast forward, it's WrestleMania. I'm working on a Sunday night because that's when WrestleMania is. It's happening in Dallas. And The Rock, if you don't know this about me, you can just look at my profile photo where I'm flicking up the eyebrow. It's because I idolized The Rock as a kid. Not this current PR version of The Rock that's like, oh, life is beautiful. You got to be the positive energy because I have a PR person and I'm making millions of dollars talking about the original rock and if you don't know about him go watch some of his clips all right when i entered the cafeteria in high school and junior high i used to order a drink from the nest tea machine and flick out my arm and grab it like the rock he was like my idol as a child so now once again fast forward it's the main event of wrestlemania it's in dallas well it turns out this girl ended up being a dancer for the Dallas Cowboys. She was a Dallas Cowboys dancer slash cheerleader. Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, I believe, still have their own reality show. Or if they don't have it now, they definitely did at one point. It is the cream of the crop when it comes to cheerleaders and dancers. And look, I'm not saying that it's like Miss Universe or anything, but of everyone in the country, when you look at all the sports teams, all the different leagues, all the dancers and whatnot, Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders are the most well-known for sure. Well, it turns out that this girl just happens to be one of them. Now, she got the promotion from NBA to the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. And what do you know? For WrestleMania, and I'm just working on a Sunday night. Imagine me in a building working. The Rock, my childhood hero, comes out. And who's next to him? Oh, a few of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. Oh, who is that directly next to him who he looks at? Yeah, the girl who wouldn't go out with me again. So I'm watching my childhood idol, the girl I want to be going out with. And what am I doing? I'm at home washing my tights. No, that's from Batman 1990. And where is the Batman? At work, streaming WrestleMania. He's at home. As I'm watching who I want to be and who I couldn't be with right next to each other. It was very, very miserable. So, like I said, you think you had a bad week? Well, I've had worse. Worse. Much, much worse. I've had worse. And just to close out that last point, you know, I've went out, I believe, on first dates with a few people who are out of my league, like this girl. And you very rarely get to a second. And what I would normally say, if I go out with a regular ass girl, <laughs> I don't mean to speak poorly or down on regular ass girls, but it's not a coincidence that it's always these ultra hot ones that give you one. You want to know my theory? 
You want to know my theory? And I'm willing to say there's a 62% chance I'm right. These girls, they don't know if I, they think this person who asked me out, asked for my number, like in a confident fashion like that, there is an absolute chance that they are. Did you watch the Tinder swindler? Do you remember? Do you remember? When the girl said like, and we were on like a first lunch and then he was like, well, why don't you get on my plane tonight? We'll go to Paris. I think hot girls accept first dates because they don't want to turn it down, especially if you're not disgusting on the off chance you're one of those people flying them to Paris on a private jet at the end of date one because it's not out of the cards for them. Do you know what that girl's DM probably looks like? But all of a sudden, this guy, relatively confident, asks them out and they're thinking, you know what? If this guy is just doing that confidently, this guy could have that private jet to Paris or other cities and that could be going tonight. And then when they go there... And they look good and they're like, oh my God, let's see what it is. And they find out I'm just some Joe Blow regular guy streaming WrestleMania with a regular job. It's over. It's over. And the level of disgust they probably feel on the inside, the level of disappointment, it's honestly the female equivalent of when a guy gets somewhat, not catfished, but when a girl really glams up those pictures and then a guy shows up for the first date for like a dating app person and goes, oh my God, this is what she looks like. But he keeps that on the inside. Then on the flip side, girl goes out with a guy thinking, oh, this guy's, you know, he's going to sky is the limit. What does he do? Whose son is he? What oil tycoon? Oh, I stream WrestleMania on Sunday night. Well, you work on Sunday? Yeah, I work on Sunday nights. The level of disgust that probably permeates their body. But they got to keep it in there. They got to keep it in there the same way a guy has to pretend that that girl looks like the girl in the pictures. That's my theory, that they don't decline the first date on the off chance you're providing that Tinder swindler private chance. What do you think about that? And by the way, if you did fumble the bag... I got another one for you. You ready for this one? And I apologize if you've heard this already, but I think this story is almost like six months old and I forgot about it and it resurfaced in one way or another. Something tells me that you guys aren't going to know what this is. I remember seeing it a couple months ago, but I never ended up talking about it. You ready this? Mormon TikTokers were sharing tactics used to get around chastity rules called jump humping and soaking. You want to know what these... So Mormons who can't have sex, they came up with their own scam, the two Mormon scams of the week called jump humping and soaking. You ready for this? You ready for this? Soaking involves one person inserting their penis into the other person's vagina and then just staying completely still. That's it. Just get it in there and don't move. Freeze. That is part one of the process. So that's the soaking. That just sounds disgusting, by the way. And I'm not just saying that. The word soaking is not making me... It wouldn't excite me if I was a Mormon looking for sex. Anyway, then, you ready for this? 
You thought your week was bad, Mr. Bag Fumbler? A third person enters the room or bedroom, gets on the bed, and starts jumping so that the jumping and bouncing of the bed will simulate the thrusting effect, which means, first of all, that the Mormons have randomly determined that the shameful part of sex, the part that negates the whole thing, is the actual thrusting motion. The thrust forward is what will send you to hell. That's what's not placing the penis in there. Not Insertion is okay, but the thrust, just like in that Key and Peel sketch, where the three thrusts gets you a flag and potentially ejected from the football game. Thrusting is the bad process, deem the teenage TikTok Mormons. But you thought your week, your life, your girl, your guy situation was going poorly? How do you think the guy who's jumping feels? You didn't even get invited to a soaking session. Your prospects are so bad that the best you're ever going to get is to jump on a bed in the same room as someone else who gets to super soak. Yeah, I've just upgraded it because I was a huge super soaker guy. I had the CPS 2000. It was a gun that would murder people. I think I've mentioned this once before. It was a water gun in the 90s that would give you a bruise if you got shot with it. Think about how bad that is for the person jumping on the bed. The pinnacle of their sex life is jumping on a bed and watching someone else get to awfully simulate the sex act. Now, wait, which? No, it's not Mormons who die and get like a hundred virgins, right? I'm sorry, I'm not. Uh, I for, let's just say I forgot. I used to know. It's like a language I learned when I was a kid. I spoke it fluently, but now I just forgot. I forget what's waiting for them if they do the right things. But you mean to tell me if the tape was presented? I don't know why I keep bringing up like this. This you get shown the tape after death process. But let's say one of these Mormons dies. And then he's about to get to that pearly gate and they bring out the game tape. You know, they bring out the iPad that you see on the sideline of NFL games and they go explain this. And he goes, "Uh uh-uh, as you can see, there was no thrust. We stayed within the parameters of the rule. We declared lineman as an eligible receiver, so we should not get flagged for having anyone downfield. And the people actually say, oh, yes, well, there is no thrusting. Thou shall not thrust. That is the Mormon commandment. Well, leave it up to Mormon TikTok and TikTok in general to crack the case. Another case closed. Now, when I went out with that Dallas Cowboys cheerleader, and when you went out with whoever the hell you went out with, and when I went out with someone else at another time, and when you went out with someone else at another time, you sat down at a table and They had your fork and knife in a napkin. And then to show that you have good manners, what do you do? You take the fork and knife out and then you put the napkin on your lap. And that's going to take me to one of life's mysteries. What the hell do you do with the fork and knife in a restaurant once you remove it from the napkin and then place the napkin on your lap? What do you do? You putting it right on that wood table that they just came with with Windex and Fantastic and start wiping it down? You know that furious wipe they give it when your table technically isn't ready, but they're like, no, 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 it's ready. And then they do that immediate wipe and bring you over there. That's where I'm putting my fork and knife. 
with pure chemicals on it, which then will go directly into my food and then directly into my mouth. I mean, look, we ingest enough chemicals on day to day. I don't need extra ones from the fork that's just laying on this wood. Well, why is this going on? And is anybody say, is anybody bringing this up? Are you guys dealing with this? You got to see the, the little concoctions I do to make sure that the fork and knife aren't touching the ground. The, the knife I can almost deal with because there's the natural elevation. If you leave a knife on its side, the handle actually takes the brunt of it and the end of it, the part that would touch the food remains slightly elevated. I can live with that. But the fork, the fork's touching everything. It's got curves. It's hitting the forks hitting everything. Sometimes. I, I, you know, I try to lay the fork in a way where it's trying to like ramp up the knife. I've put it on the basket. Like if, if there's a basket of, of Tostitos or something or whatever it is, hopefully they have some bread out there. I'm leaning it against the bread basket. This is not the way man was supposed to live. I know Liam Neeson once again. I don't know. I can't stop myself, I guess. Well, if they're going to keep giving him those movie roles, then I'm going to keep quoting some of them. This is not how man was supposed to live. And in all honesty, that whole put the napkin on the lap thing, how many stains has the lap napkin actually prevented? Zero. It's all for show. You want to show that person you're with? Look, I have proper manners and look at me. That napkin is never saving anything. If it's spilling on your lap, it's hitting something on your shirt regardless. I would way rather have the guaranteed protection of my fork and knife than the minimal protection that the stain that why am I leaning so far back off the table that sauces are flowing down onto my lap? It's not happening. You know that the lap napkin is a waste. It's all for show. And now you're leaving your fork and knife unprotected out there and you don't know what to do with them. And it's something that needs to be changed. 2023, the year of the second napkin or the year we ditch the lap napkin. But then some of you savages out there, don't lie to me. You haven't put a napkin on your lap in the last six years. But you know what? Maybe you were right the whole time. Now, before I told you about that fake seat scam, which allowed me to talk to the eventual Dallas Cowboys cheerleader, that was my scam of the week. But now I'm going to give you a scam of the week because this one isn't from me, but I actually just read about it this week. And I told you, a scam's a scam. Whether it comes from me or someone else, I told you I'm going to let you know about it. So let's do it. Scam of the week. This was all a scam, huh? So this is called the fake candidate scam. But I'm not kidding. I didn't even make this one up. This is You can look that up. It's called the fake candidate scam. And this comes from an article, and we never know if we should be trusting articles, but if there are instances of this, this is something that seems like it would happen. I would bet that this would happen because it's a smart thing to do, honestly. But basically, bait and switching. We all know what that is, right? (laughs) The act of hiring a person to pretend to be a job applicant, then sit through the interviews and then help that person land the position. This article says there's been a huge rise of this during this quote-unquote great resignation period that we're going through. According to recruiters, employers, an increasing number of candidates are employing stand-ins, just like in the Hollywood entertainment industry, like the Tom Cruise... Actually, he don't use stunt doubles. But the Ralph Macchio stand-in, because Lord knows he can't be throwing those real karate kicks at the age of 60... They're hiring stand-ins 
just to take care of the job interviews because they actually would never have an actual chance to get the job themselves. So they're taking somebody who's qualified for the job, having them do the virtual meeting, the virtual interview, then they get the job, and then they just send in this doofus. And now, because of the way things work, it's hard to just fire someone these days. There's all these rules, and then there's PR and backlash and wrongful terminations. So when you hire someone, you're stuck with them for a little bit. So they have people who are qualified go through the interview process, and then they just take the job that they have no clue what they're doing. They're basically Christina Applegate in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, where they just show up, make a fake resume, get a job, and just wing it. And something tells me, depending on the job, things can go very wrong very fast. But they were saying the worst part about this is people are getting access to information on private company servers. Like, let's say you get a job... Um, you know, working as an executive assistant for a production studio in Los Angeles. Now, this is a very simple one. But now you have access to very confidential materials on your emails and servers, scripts and all sorts of information. And now the guy who interviewed isn't the one who shows up. Just a complete asshole shows up. And I got to give him some credit. That's a pretty good one. I mean, it takes a little balls. You know, people will always say, oh, you can get in real trouble. How? How? What do they do? They fire you. You go do it again. It doesn't tail you around. I always thought about that. Like, if you get fired for something and then you just leave that job off your resume, is there like a uh, a Carfax for firings? If you get fired, can a future employer look through some database to see like when you get fired does it get submitted to the oh this guy got fired database because if not then you just leave you make up something this is a fake it till you ma- I thought when I moved to Los Angeles they were the ones who no 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 just fake it till you make it just act the part until you get the part no actually now this this, this leaked over into the real world and I can't even say I disagree if people are getting these jobs then technically they win I always told you, I'm not going to tell you that anything that Scientology has done is great. There's not a, th- you know, y- you've heard some real scary things. And if you're from Scientology, once again, please, I'm not talking bad on you. Don't come after me. Don't chase me. I know you ain't going to make my life a living hell. I'm not going to say anything that crazy. However, you got to give them credit for beating the IRS. Scientology beat the IRS. I don't care if you're a dirtbag, a scumbag. And now, you know what? They would have beat all these new 60,000 employees they got or whatever the hell that thing is that I heard about them, how they're adding a whole new battalion of people. I don't know. I thought the IRS was supposed to be a bunch of nerds. They're bringing in soldiers. I don't know. That sounds a little weird to me. The only IRS I know is Erwin R. Scheister. And congratulations for the three people who get that reference. However, Scientology beat the IRS. And these people are beating not being qualified. And at the end of the day, which is a saying I always hate, by the way, I mean, somebody can't really explain something. So they go, well, at the end of the day, I won. (laughs) At the end of the day, that person got the job and is getting paid way above their pay grade. And Lord knows companies have taken advantage of overqualified employees and kept them in the weeds. Looks like a little revenge came their way. But yeah, going back to this article, it says uh, this scheme has a variety of names. It's either called the bait and switch, proxy interviewing, the fake candidate scam, the job interview fraud. And at its simplest, a job candidate hires a person 
to pretend to be them, sit through the job interviews, and then land them the position. That's a pretty goddamn good scam, if you ask me. And if you've been struggling out there, you're one of these people who took part in this great resignation, which is where you resigned from your job thinking you were going to run some sort of business like that guy you know who said, oh, I got a great app idea and then tells you what it is and then doesn't do any of the actual hard legwork to make it happen, like hire developers or a marketing team. And you quit from your job, and now you're just some guy with no job, and you don't want to go back to your old job, so you want a good one, and you're now going to use the fake candidate scam. You know, the fake candidate scam is just one of those situations where people, they're not telling the truth, and they're actually getting what they're being rewarded. It's one of the lessons. I'm not going to say do this, but I'm also not going to lie to you. Doing the right thing always telling the truth. I I hate to tell you this. I just don't want you to have to learn it like me, but Charlie Conway doesn't get the girl in real life. It's very unfortunate. And look, there is that whole factor of sleeping well at night and not having a guilty conscience. But I'll tell you, there was one time in my life, I think I was in one of those fake moments where it's like, you know, I'm turning a new leaf. Enough with the old, in with the new. And this girl asked me a question one time. She goes, are you dating that person that I think you are? Or or who are you dating? And I just, I was like, you know what? I just told her the truth. And I cared about this person. I knew this person for a long time. She, and this wasn't a screamer, she screamed at me, was about to cry, got so angry, left the house, never talked to me again until this day. The truth did not set me free. The truth banned me for life. Do you want to know what would have relaxed that girl at the time and kept us cordial to this day where I can wave and she can go, hello, Uh, a nice big fat lie. The truth did not set me free and the truth did not get you that job promotion. Why? Because the fake candidate got it. The fake candidate scam won But I'm not telling you to start lying like a jackal. All I'm saying is Charlie Conway didn't get the girl. And you got to ask yourself, where do you want to lie on the Conway spectrum? There's no doubt about it. This is one of the wackiest podcasts that I've recorded in a while. What are you going to do? What I tell you, fall brings out that mischievous time where we want to start doing weird things. You like this? This is kind of me giving myself permission to actually act a little more wild this next month and a half because I've invented a fake theory that when fall comes and people start wearing, what, windbreakers? Now they're ready for mischievous activities? Well, it works for me. I'm giving myself the green light and I'm giving it to you too. I'm sending you home. I'm telling you to round third. I'm not even looking at that outfielder. You can hear my voice. I got the windmill mode. Good going. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining. I don't know if it sounds a little bit different. Used a slightly different microphone for this week. I might have to use the same one for next week, but it should be relatively normal. Thank you so much for coming back. I always love having you. If there's anything you ever want to hear me talk about, reach out to me, whether it's on Instagram, YouTube, you name it. I'll I'll check those DMs because Lord knows there's no Cowboys messages in there. 
from the cheerleaders at least, or the players, or anyone even affiliated with the city for that matter. There's not a single person from Dallas DMing me in any capacity. Nobody. Anyway, <laughs> if there's anything you would like me to talk about, always feel free to let me know. This is a potpourri podcast, an invented term. I'll talk about anything at any given time. I'm a jackal of all trades. Thank you so much for coming back. Do me a favor, Jack Klompus style. Send the podcast to a friend. Let them know how much you're enjoying it, how much we've encouraged you to be a bad person, how many stories that I've told you guys and will continue to tell you guys that maybe make you feel, you know what? At least it's not that bad. All right, everyone, take it easy. I will talk to you next week. Peace. Peace.